0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Fearcast. This is the podcast dedicated to OCD, anxiety, anxiety spectrum disorders, and getting your life back. I'm your host, Kevin Foss. I'm a licensed clinician specializing in the treatment of OCD and anxiety and all that stuff. Thank you all for joining me again for this episode. Um, I hope everybody's doing well. Um, uh, As a reminder to anybody who is new, as a reminder, for information, for those of y'all who are new, uh, this is a question and answer based podcast. So if you have questions about anxiety and all those things, you can message me over at fearcastpodcast.com, go to the submit a question link there and you can send me a question. And I am going to be answering two questions today sent in through the website. So they went over to fearcastpodcast.com, went to the submit a question link there, and sent me a message. And I read it, considered it, and am putting it on this here episode. And you too could do the very same thing if you so choose to. So, if you also would like to cut the line, because there is a bit of a backlog going on, but you know what? I'm trying to respect and answer as, all these questions. So we've got a bit of a backlog. I apologize. That's what I'm trying to do too today, just to kind of keep things uh, moving. But if you want to cut the line, and I encourage you to do so, you can send me an audio question. Does this show favoritism? Yes. Does this show uh, that, uh, d- does the, does this also reward the people who are willing to take a risk? Also, yes. Um, but also exposure and response prevention, uh, uh, treatment and doing exposures rewards risks too. So that's what we're doing here. So you can send me an audio question and just record it uh, into your phone, into your computer, and you can send it to me. You can email it to me at questions at... Uh, fearcastpodcast.com. You can also send me through the submit a question link at the website. You can send me a uh, uh, an uploaded, uh, you'll you basically upload your audio, upload it to uh, uh, Google Drive or something like that, and send me the link to the shared drive. And uh, I will download that and I will insert that into the episode. And um, that's how we will do it. So, if you want to cut the line, I encourage you to do so. And again, it's because I think your voice is so much more interesting than mine. I think it's, um, it's more personal. It shows that there are actually people out there who are listening and actual people out there who are experiencing similar stuff to what you are experiencing. And if you have a question, it is likely that someone else on some other part of the world also has that question So that is why we're doing this. And I would encourage you to do that. But if you would like to just send me uh, a text question, that is completely fine as well. Um, Everybody, thank you for, uh, thank you for your continued uh, listenership. Thank you for your continued trust in me and trust in the show uh, with your questions and uh, with this information about you and your struggles that are just, I know so vulnerable and I appreciate you being so bold to share that. And uh, I appreciate all of you out there who are listening and, uh, um, are, are hopefully taking some information, taking some encouragement, maybe taking some guidance on some things that you can do to challenge yourself and to uh, to help overcome this uh, this struggle and get back to your life. Isn't that the whole point of all of this? Um, and and to that point, everybody, if, if you do like the show, you can uh, I, I would I would ask if you could take a moment and uh, give a review, give a like, a thumbs up, a star, whatever it is at the uh, at the uh, specific place where you download your podcasts. And um, uh, if you want to go just the one step further, you can write a review. Um, it, it only helps other people to find it. You found it, and uh, and uh, writing a review just helps uh, helps. Uh, uh, helps the algorithm and helps point in the other direction or points people to the, the to this podcast. It's the most rambling possible way to have said that. And yet that is the way my brain decided that's the reasonable way to say that. So, all right, so I have two questions I'm going to answer today. Uh, I'm going to try to answer them as quickly as I possibly can, but I'm going to try to answer them as reasonably as I possibly can as well. So, uh, the first question comes from Emma. So, Emma says, Hi, Kevin. I just finished listening to the podcast on castrophobia. I suffer badly from anxiety and OCD, and my newest OCD theme is the, is the sky and everything about the sky. So this phobia really stuck out to me. For weeks now, I've been obsessing about the sky and what's beyond it. This could mean simply being freaked out by the presence of it, wondering what's beyond it, or feeling like I'm stuck in some sort of snow globe and it's going to fall on me or suck me up. I know this is super irrational, but I can't stop thinking about it. Although I never stopped thinking about it, I've been managing to do my life in a pretty normal way until yesterday. I was driving to school and all of a sudden I just became aware of of this dome over my head, and I began to have the worst panic attack of my life. I came back home and haven't left the house since, and ever since then, when I think about having to leave, I'm freaked out again. I don't know if it's the sky that really scares me or if it's just anxiety and OCD projecting onto something, but nevertheless, I've tried everything to stop thinking about this and I just can't. I know this isn't really a question for the podcast, but I'm desperate and you're the only person I can find that's talking about this. Please, any advice at all that you you would have would be appreciated. I'm really struggling here. Thank you. All right, Emma, thank you so much for sending this question in. Um, so, uh, so what Emma's referring to is the uh episode I did on uh, what I did uh, uh, around December of last year, which was uh, something called Phobia Friday. It was a short episode series about um, about various phobias. And the first one, or one of the first ones at the very least, was on Casadastrophobia, which is the fear of falling upwards, or the fear of the sky. Now, I I I should say someone did reach out to me, and uh, I have not gotten back to them as as best after I spoke with them over the phone about um, trying to have them on to discuss uh, more in in a more elaborate way what casidastrophobia is to folks who do struggle with it. Now, there is a um, a, this specific phobia does have a a Facebook, a a closed but an existing Facebook group that uh, talks about the struggle of it and what people are, are dealing with with and uh and by the way if you are out there and and still interested in being on the show uh i would love to have you on to uh talk about this further but um but if you want to know what uh what emma's talking about you can go check that out it was published on december 4th of 2020 um sorry that was not last year that was the year before uh anyways this is this is this is crazy everybody how t- how we've just kind of forgotten I've just kind of forgotten about 2021 it's like it doesn't exist I know I had a child in 2021 whatever the, the whole point is it feels like we've just skipped past all that because pandemic anyways m- moving on Emma back to you the uh, I, I'm I'm so sorry you're experiencing all, all of this. It sounds in, incredibly frightening to be driving all of a sudden become aware of this dome feeling over you and feel like you're enclosed and stuck. I can imagine a lot of people might be feeling that same sort of way. And I bet as we're talking about this, I bet there are other people who are listening to this going, who might look outside and go, yeah, it's kind of domey when I look at it. Now, what I'd encourage everybody, and I'm going to encourage you, Emma, is that one thing that you said is, is you suddenly became aware of this dome. Yeah, you became aware of this dome, and then you felt these feelings, right? Now, you said you really couldn't figure out exactly what it is about this that feels so terrifying. And that, that may be something to help unpack or something that you ought to unpack with a therapist if you are working with a therapist. But think, thinking about this is that, you know we, we, we always need to remember that our anxiety, our panic is eventually going to subside. But when we when we're in a situation and we're so overwhelmed that we just abandon, that we leave, we just turn around and run away, we just re-emphasize to ourselves that this is something scary and dangerous and something that we ought to be running from. So, with, the, with avoiding going outside, you said you went back home and you haven't wanted to go outside. If you're still in this situation, I'd encourage you to go back outside, to take that risk, to also know that you're going to feel uncomfortable. Of course you are, right? Well, actually, I don't want to say, of course you are. You might. And if you don't, don't then read into it. Don't then question why it is that you don't feel this way. Okay, I feel this way. Now, if you do go outside and you do feel anxious, we're going to say, yeah, I was uncomfortable last time and I'm uncomfortable this time and that's okay. And this discomfort is, is going to naturally go away. But you know what? I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to make a game out of this. I'm going to go outside for a minute. And I'm going to go back inside. All right, And you know what I'm going to do next time after I go back inside for a little bit? I'm going to go outside and I'm going to go outside for two minutes. And I'm going to look around... I'm going to notice things. I'm going to notice my physical sensations inside. I'm going to shift my, but I'm also going to shift my attention outward and just things that I notice, right? I'm going to look at the buildings. I'm going to look at uh, what the gr- what the ground looks like. Is there snow? Is there grass? Is there dirt? Is there, I don't know, snow or uh, snow? Is there water? Because uh, it's raining or hail because it's, it's, it's ice raining. Anyways, it's, you're just going to notice stuff. And then after two minutes, you're going to go back inside. And you're going to keep doing this process where you're going to keep pushing yourself to go outside and reemphasizing to yourself that outside is all right. And, you know, most importantly, with this anxiety that I have, I can be out here and I can it's that and I can be out here and feel anxious. I can be out here and have that enclosed feeling in my body and that that feeling is all right too, and that, that I, I don't need to run from it or hide from it or try to suppress it or do anything with it other than to go, yeah, my body is feeling this enclosed weird feeling because of this feeling of dominess or this awareness of uh, domnacity around me. And that's fine. All of that's fine. And I'm going to be out here and, and it'll say, that's fine. Not in like a, that's fine. Everything's okay. I can make this. I'm going to be all right. That's sort of that way. But like, it's fine. The, it's that meme of the dog, the cartoon dog, where the, the whole room is on fire. And they're like, this is fine. It's like that. You're going to feel like the room is on fire, like your life is on fire. And that's fine. I know it sounds so crazy to say, but we treat it as if it's fine. And we act as if it's fine by going outside, by living life. Next time you're out and about and you get that domey feeling, you go, yep, there it is. It's on fire again there's the dome all right and you're going to take that domey feeling and you're going to go to the store to your friend's house or to the mall do people go to malls anymore anyways uh, you're going to go to places and you're going to have that dome feeling but what, what what i'd encourage you to do is to not then go inward or hide inward within yourself and go oh my gosh this feels so bad and the dome feeling is crashing my body but instead go there's that dome feeling and then redirect that focus towards things outside of you. So there's that big ampersand that we've talked about, right? It's and. It's the dome feeling and going outside. Dome feeling and living life. But dome feeling is not the priority. Dome feeling is not what it's all about. It's about the stuff outside of you. It's about the life part. It's about your friends, about school, about work, about whatever it is. That's what it's about. So it's that shift back to those things, and that feeling is going to be there. When we sit there and we have a bad feeling, we just turn our attention towards that feeling. That feeling oftentimes will linger. Now I know I've said about this in terms of um, doing exposures that we can focus on that feeling. A lot of times when it comes to panic, we are too inwardly focused, and we need to be more externally focused. Towards the tangible things, and for you also not focusing just on the dome or on the awareness of the dome. And by the way, for those of you who want to know what this is about, if you look outside, and I, what's funny is I, I, I was aware of this. I distinctly remember sometimes in elementary school where I'd look up and I'd go, "Yeah, that looks like a dome." You see it, and and maybe it's because I just know the world is round. And by the way, the world is round. If anybody's listening to this thinks the world is flat you can go ahead and not listen. That's fine, too. But you also might not believe the internet exists. I don't know. Anyways, excuse me, but it looks domey. All right. And that's because it is there. From our perspective, it looks like a big giant dome, but we're missing a whole bunch of it, namely the other side of the world that's under our feet. But we can see that appearance of it but you had this experience that it felt really weird, and you said, it's, I know it's super irrational, but I can't stop thinking about it. You, you can stop thinking about it, and, and you will. You'll get bored with it, and you'll think about something else, and all of a sudden, you'll look outside and see the dome. and You'll be like, ah, dome, and it's back. That's okay. That process is part of it. But, or not but, and, and we're letting it go. We're letting go of the responsibility to fix it or solve it or to avoid it. You can be uncomfortable and go outside and go live your life. And practice that exercise outside, back inside. Go back to outside for a few minutes, look around, go back inside, have a little bit of reprieve, and then go back outside and then extend the amount of time that you're having. Right Now, you can also do this with uh, the guidance of, of your own therapist. Um, and, uh, and or be there with a friend who wants to be there with you, a family member who's willing to be there with you throughout the process. Um, but, um, but the more that you avoid, the more you reinforce that this is something that ought to be avoided and is, in fact, scary. So, Emma, I hope this has been helpful and uh, I, I, I hope you push yourself and are able to get out and do this. If you hear this and you would like to send in a follow-up, go to fearcastpodcast.com and send in a, uh, a, fo- a follow-up and I'd be more than happy to share that on a future episode. So, thanks so much. All right, this next question comes from Dolly. Now, this question's a little bit longer, but I'll try to read it quickly, but coherently, even though I can't pronounce words right sometimes. All right, Dolly says, I'm 34, and I only just found out I have OCD this summer. Your podcast has been of great use while learning the vast scope of things about myself uh, uh, that can be explained by OCD. Specifically, learning about sensory motor sent my head spinning. I didn't know someone could explain that thing I knew so well, but even my incessant rambling couldn't describe it. This year, just before being diagnosed with OCD, I started experiencing something strange. I realized that I was wearing sleeves, and she says parenthetically, something I've never done before in my life. Uh, and then she goes on to say, and was regularly wearing other items of clothing I skip. I, I assume that means skipping attention to it. Um, She goes on to say, I was more comfortable in everything I wore. In fact, I was more comfortable as a whole. It feels so very much like being under the perfect weight of covers, on the perfect vacation, with no morning plans, a little brisk outside the covers. Maybe a snuggly cat, dog, partner, that warm and fuzzy you get in your chest. You know, she says. She goes on to say, It comes and goes every few weeks, the, quote, wonderful cozy feeling I get. It doesn't line up with my hormonal cycle, and I haven't changed a diet or products in the house. I'm sure it's my OCD. It's an odd thing to complain about or try and ask if other people have felt, Hey, have you ever been consistently overwhelmed all day by everything you saw, smelled, and touched because it was beautiful and made you feel wonderful inside? Ugh, so distracting. People think I'm nuts. Even right now, though, I'm wiggling my toes, and it is the most amazing I've ever felt. My thick winter socks in my favorite sneakers with jeans I normally hate for being snug and leg warmers. I haven't done recreational drugs in a very, very long time. Sometimes, I swear, this reminds me of being on Magic Mushrooms. I practiced telling myself it would be like this forever, even try to write up a story about it. And She says parenthetically, uh, it was quite difficult because I really couldn't identify a fear She said, I don't know. I wish I could stop thinking about it. I don't know what I hope to get from sharing this. Maybe it's just a way for me to throw it out there in case some other poor person with OCD Googled their way into the ground trying to find out what this, quote, very nice feeling is, end quote. So so that is Dolly's question. Dolly, congratulations. This is the... The first time I have heard someone complain about um, being so stinking cozy, being just so wrapped up in a big ball of joy and all these wonderful, warm, fuzzy feelings you're talking about. And gosh darn it, isn't that obnoxious? Dolly, I'm so sorry that you feel so comfortable. That must be so hard for you. Um, I'm trying to say that... I'm trying to say that both in a comforting way and in a sarcastic way, because I think Dolly, as you're writing this, I I, I am reading into it. I'm reading from you some uh, some self-awareness and sarcasm in this. But congratulations. What's interesting Dolly, as I was reading this, is you're, it, it, what was reminding or what was coming to mind as I was reading this. And this isn't this isn't to overlay on you, but other people may hear this and just go, "Gosh, I wish I had that." Um, even though it sounds like to a certain degree, you you can't stand this. Now you also acknowledge that you are diagnosed. Uh, uh, earlier this year with OCD, which I, I imply, or I, I infer from this that there's some element that, that is torturing you, that is obnoxious and is very frustrating. Generally speaking, people don't love their OCD. I'm going to say generally because I sh- should be saying always, if you have OCD and you love it, uh, you don't have OCD. Um I'm going to put a caveat on that and, that and say I'm sure there's a scenario that someone's going to contact me about and say, Kevin, you're wrong. I have OCD and I love it or something to that effect. I don't know. Anyways, um, it, it reminded me of what, years ago when I worked in community mental health. There was a fellow who, who was a, 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 a client at the center it was kind of a community-based center where like you know people came and went and we did some therapy sessions but you know it was also like there's a activity room and there was um I, I, I you know group therapy going on and we made lunches and dinners all sorts of stuff anyways but there was a fellow there that would volunteer and um he had he had schizophrenia and what um all day long, he would hang out, and he would just kind of giggle to himself. And you know, I was like, I asked someone who's in the know, and said, "You know what, 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 what's going on?" And he just said, "Like he's he is all day long having uh, this internal, hearing internal voices and uh, in, uh, auditory hallucinations." Um, but he, but he loves him. He just kind of giggles. It's like it's like all day long hearing the funniest stand up comedy in your head. Um, and I thought, gosh. That sounds delightful. That sounds wonderful. If I was to have schizophrenia, that's the schizophrenia that I would like. I'm sure there are a lot of people, Dolly, who are listening to this going, "Gosh, man, I need, I need to feel comfy and cozy all the stinking time." Anyways, I- I'm not going to keep harping on this. You sent this to me because there's an element about this that is bothersome, and it sounds like you, you said it. You said it very cl- plainly. You said it's distracting. It's distracting me. And you know what? To be fair, I, yeah, I could imagine that if I, all day long I'm trying to focus on hanging out with my kids, trying to focus on my clients, and all of a and, and all the time, I'm distracted by feeling the physical sensations about feeling so cozy. Yes, that would be obnoxious. And I think what this, what this really clearly illustrates, unless there's a whole bunch of other stuff that I'm perhaps missing, and I'm open to the probability that I am in fact missing some stuff, is that it's not about the physical sensations. You are aware of these physical sensations. Great. And it's more about the distraction and what the impact of this distraction is on your life and the fact that you're distracted and the effort and the struggle that it takes to redirect your attention outward and all the things in your life that you're going to miss because you're so distracted, not by the fact that you feel comfy and cozy, which again, sounds nice, but we could fill in the blank with, I'm aware of a, a neutral thing. I'm aware of the fact that I have you know sleeves, as you mentioned. Yeah, we have sleeves, but if our brain is constantly focusing on sleeves, or the fact that I have hair, or you know the 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 sound of my blinking, and yes, if you if you really focus on it, there's a sound. Um, there, we notice these things, right? But if we are constantly distracted by them, it's going to be painful. So the obvious question then is, well, what what can you do about this, right? Well, just like with all sensory motor. Our job is to devalue the importance and the attention that we're giving toward that feeling, whatever it is. It's to, it's to put it in place and put it in proportion with everything else that we're feeling, right? Good stuff, bad stuff, wanted stuff, unwanted stuff, painful stuff, wonderful stuff, whatever. It's that it's just one of the stuff that we're experiencing, right when your brain is pulling you towards those sensations it doesn't then mean we need to figure it out or, or focus on it only now it sounds like to, I wonder if you then enjoy them and you call them wonderful you call you refer to them in, in very positive nice ways are there times when you are sitting there and kind of reveling in it as an enjoyable thing in other words are there times that you enjoy it and in and, and then the times you don't, it's because you are focusing on it and enjoying it so much. If that's the case, then perhaps the, the you could practice actually attention shifting. If you if you uh, Google um, attention training, you'll come up with a bunch of videos and things like that, that, that help you to practice shifting your focus from one thing to another. It can be visual shifting. So, um, you know, if I'm, uh, I'm looking out my window right now, and I blinds there's blinds and then uh, glass and then the world, right? Now, if I look at the blinds, I, I, I'm I'm looking specifically at them. But past them, I also see the parking lot and there's a truck and I see a person walking by right now and I see my car, um, it, but they're all kind of blurry. But they're there as I'm focusing on the blinds. Now, if I shift my focus just ever so slightly, I look specifically at the truck that i am talking about. It's a big blue, you know, like semi truck outside. So I see that now. As I see that, I am also still seeing the blinds, but they're kind of blurred out and, and fuzzy, right? Kind of like we, we do when we're, when we're um, shifting our focus, right? Additionally, I see the blue truck as I'm focusing on, but I also see my car and I see the person over here. I see my computer in front of me. Uh, I see my my lamps just kind of on you know, the, the periphery of my vision. Now, I can also keep looking at the truck and turn my attention towards one of my lamps as I'm currently doing. I sometimes get distracted by something else as there's a car outside right now, but I'm, I'm as I get distracted, I refocus back my attention to the, the lamp. And gosh, as I even said I, I'm going to shift my attention, I was distracted by the light of my USB audio uh, interface for my microphone. And that's okay. I was distracted by that, and I'm going to bring my attention back to my lamp. And now, by the way, my vi- my the 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 f- main focus of my vision is still on this truck outside, but my brain is focusing on different things. It's it's trying to focus on different things, I should say. Now. I may be doing a terrible job to describe this for you, Dolly, but um, you can Google this and learn a little bit more about how you can start practicing shifting your attention from thing to thing. And it, the what this is about isn't a magic trick, isn't isn't the solution to eliminating your attention on this. In, in fact, it's the opposite. It is to build your confidence that you can still have this attention. And you know what? This thing may be there, and it's going to be there. And you know what? Through the attention training, we are going to let it be there. You're going to say, I don't need to focus on this. I'm going to, meaning I don't need to eliminate it so I can focus on something else. It's going to be an and again, right? I'm going to have that be there, and I'm going to practice the, the discipline of shifting my focus back to my friend, my work, my colleague, my partner, whatever, right? So that's one element of it. And we're going to be open to the reality that you're going to get distracted. I'm going to get distracted. We we both are for the rest of our life and that's going to be okay. And the whole point of all this is to practice is to practice being present and practice not putting up a fight for when we are in fact um, distracted. Um, Stephen Phillipson on a uh, OCD Stories podcast. I love the way he talked about this. It, he talks about it as entitlement. Sometimes with sensory motor, one of the things that can be so bothersome is the fact that we is the fact that we get distracted and we just go, "Damn it! I shouldn't be distracted by anything. I should be able to focus on the thing that I want to focus on. That's the thing that I'm going to focus on." Gosh darn it! And he recognizes that we actually need to drop our expectation and our entitlement that that we d- that we shouldn't get distracted instead treat it as if the reality that we're going to get distracted one thing you can do with that is to practice setting up distractions for yourself and to let yourself be distracted. And that can be through setting up random uh, alarms on your phone. Um, It can be having a family or or telling family or friends to randomly text you throughout the day. Now, I know this puts a lot on other people, but you can ask them to do that. And to accept the reality that sometimes you're just going to get distracted, you can set your um, turn your phone on I know this sounds crazy. Turn your phone on. So whenever there's a text or an email, have it ding. Ding in meetings, ding in important places so that you can practice redirecting away from that ding towards the thing that you're trying to focus on. So for me, it'd be redirecting my attention from the ding back to this podcast or back to answering you. Or if it dinged in session, it dinged and uh, I'd, I'd notice it. And I'd have to practice refocusing back to my client as best I possibly can. I remember being in, in, in therapy years ago, and my therapist, he left his phone on, and it was distracting as hell. And it, you know what it was, the sound of the ding? It wasn't like a pleasant like ding or a gong. It was the sound of Doug from the Disney movie Up saying, Squirrel. It was so on the nose of a distraction that... Um, you know retrospectively i wonder if it was intentional the fact that it it would literally just go squirrel and if you have ever seen up it's a distraction right squirrels in that it would it would stop the dog from talking stop dialogue and they'd just look at it and then about a second or two later they'd come back to it our job is to practice that too so um dolly i i'm i'm sorry that you have the, Possibly the most delightful and snuggly and wonderful obsession I, I think I have ever encountered. This is a first for me. So, count yourself. Uh, so you high-five yourself. Wherever you are in the world, high-five yourself for say, for giving me a, a, a scenario that I've never really encountered before. And while I've never encountered this, uh, it, it's ultimately something I've encountered thousands of times as well. It's all the same stuff. So, Dolly, thank you so much for sharing this. And thank you so much for um, uh, being so vulnerable with this. And I hope this was helpful. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for making it through this uh, short episode. Um, Again, everybody, I hope you are all doing well. And I hope uh, uh, you had a wonderful New Year. I hope you had a wonderful uh, holiday Uh, wherever you are, whatever you are up to. I hope you are all being safe and all are staying away from Omicron, even though, you know what? We're all probably gonna get it myself, including it's gonna not be fun, but it's gonna be life. So buckle up, everybody. But hope everybody's uh, doing well and going out and living life as best they possibly can. So if you would like to send in any uh, follow-ups uh, to these, um, if you have any feedback for myself or for uh, the uh, the questioners or for uh, Dolly or Emma, you can send it over at uh, fearcastpodcast.com. And I'm more than happy to uh, share those in a future episode. Additionally, if you would like to share your recovery story, if you go to the submit a question link, this drop down menu, it says recovery story. I would love to hear what your recovery story is. Share it with me and I will put it up on a future episode as well. I think that we need to hear more of these. Um, but also, if you have questions for, uh, for me, um, feel free to send it to me over there. Again, all your questions are always uh, preferred. But of course, texts are, are, are accepted as well. So uh, please, uh, uh, please send a little review or please rate the show as well. If you are, if you'd be so kind, um, please remember over as well, everybody, that uh, the Fearcast is not substitute for psychotherapy. If you have questions about treatment, uh, go to fearcastpodcast.com. There's going to be the find help link. Click on that and there'll be some links and some, uh, some information that might be helpful for you. All right, everybody, until next time, take a risk, challenge yourself and don't take your brain too seriously. Bye.